Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament of Hebrews, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, at the end of July, we had our vacation Bible school, Knights of North Castle. And we suited up with the armor of God. And each day we talked about a different piece of that armor. One of those days was the shield of faith. And when we look at the definition of faith, we find that it is confidence or trust in a person or thing. Or we sometimes describe faith as believing without seeing. And the idea of believing without seeing comes from that first verse of Hebrews chapter 11, which you heard, which says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The assurance, the guarantee of things hoped for, promised, and believing in them without seeing them. Faith is a gift that has been given to us by God. As we heard in the explanation to the third article, the Apostles' Creed last week, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Faith is not our work. It is God's work created in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's because we are all sinners. We are sinners from the moment of conception, sinners in our own mother's wombs. We have this sinful nature inside of all of us, and thus it is natural for us to sin. It's what we do. And so when given the choice between choosing sin and choosing to obey God and his commands, we will always choose sin. That is why we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in Jesus or come to him. What we will do, as sinners, is continue to fall farther and farther away from God and keep distancing ourselves from him, ultimately until we are eternally separated from him. As sinners, we want to have total control over our life. We want to rely on ourselves. We want to be God. We don't want to surrender our lives into the hands of someone else. That kind of seems weak. And I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I'm not weak. I'm strong. I can take care of my own life. I can put my own life in my own hands, and I don't need anybody else to take care of me. We don't need anyone's protection. We don't need anyone else's armor. Now when we talk about this shield of faith, we read in Ephesians 6, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith which, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. The shield is there to protect you from the flaming darts of the evil one, Satan. Lives lived without faith means that there is no shield to protect you. That means all of the temptations, all of the lies, everything that Satan brings your way, there is nothing there to prevent it from damaging your body and your soul. 
there is nothing to prevent it from killing you. Because you see, what we deserve for our sins is death. And a life lived without faith is a life that leads to death. Because Satan is doing everything in his power to give us eternal death, to give us hell. He will tell us that we can do everything on our own, that we don't need God. It's what he wants for us because it's what he has. And without faith, this is the end result for everyone. We all deserve death for our sins. We all deserve punishment. A life lived without faith is a life lived without God. And for anyone who lives their life saying, I have no need for God, when they leave this earth, this is exactly what they get. Hell is eternally being separated from God and his grace and his love and mercy and blessings. Thus, hell is getting exactly what you wanted. You didn't want God, and now you never will. It's harsh, but it's true. And it's exactly what Satan doesn't want you to know. He wants you to think that choosing to go against God is choosing freedom and life, when ultimately you're choosing death. The only way to eternal life is by faith. Faith in Jesus Christ who died on your behalf, who endured the punishment for all of your sins, who paid the price for all of the times that we have acted as if we were God, for all the times we have put our selfish needs before all other things and all other people, for all the times that we have said that we have no need for God. Jesus died to bring you forgiveness for your many, many sins. Jesus, who rose from the dead, conquering death to give the promise, the assurance that all who have faith in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. They will forever be in the presence of God and his grace and love and mercy and blessings. And then he sent his Holy Spirit, who creates faith in the lives of people who would otherwise choose not to have faith. The Holy Spirit creates saving faith. And so those who believe arm themselves with the shield of faith. Now in the days when Ephesians was written, the practical application of this shield was that it was a wooden shield covered with leather and it would be soaked in water. So that flaming arrows, if they were dipped in pitch and lit on fire, came from your enemy. Your shield would not only protect you, stop the arrows, but it would put out the flames of the arrows so that your wooden shield wouldn't burn up. Because if your shield was just wood and nothing else, the flaming arrows that would come into your shield would sit there and it would slowly burn the wood until your shield is rendered useless. So it's like double protection. When we think the flaming darts of Satan are coming to attack us, we're called to take up the shield of faith so that we can be doubly protected. Our faith gives us that protection. It protects us from the attacks of Satan, stops them in their tracks. But then it also puts out those little fires that could slowly burn until it's completely useless. 
Now, practically speaking, what do, what do we mean by this? What's this look like? Good question. To that end, let's go back to the reading of Hebrews. In chapter 11, we have this kind of hall of faith chapter where we hear many people who exhibited faith, and they're recognized for it. And so each person that is mentioned, we hear why they're commended for their faith. We don't get the whole of chapter 11 today. We'll actually get the rest of it next week. Today we hear about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah. But before we get there, we see a verse that talks about faith that's practical to us. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. How many of you were there at creation? That's what I thought. None of us were. God's word tells us that he created everything in six days. And our shield of faith can say, we believe in creation, and nothing can stop us from believing in that. Nothing can penetrate it, if you will. Well, Satan's going to come with his flaming arrows, his little fires, and say, did God really create everything in six days? Is it really possible that everything was created in that short amount of time? Was each day even 24 hours long? Are you sure God just didn't create a few things and let evolution do the rest? Are you sure God isn't responsible for the Big Bang? Are you sure God even created this world? Because I think science proves otherwise. And so Satan is going to attack you from day one, from Genesis chapter one, the creation of the world, which is ultimately attack an attack on the word of God and whether or not what it says is true. So what do we need to do? Well, we take up the shield of faith. We arm ourselves with the word of God. Can God create everything in six days? Did he create everything in six days? Well, usually Genesis chapter 1 and 2 are debated in regards to the whole 24 hours uh, being a day of creation. But when we read in Exodus, I think it becomes more clear. It says, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let the word of God help us understand the word of God. Let the word of God help us defend against Satan's attacks. Let the word of God be our foundation. Not science, not the word of man, the word of God. And in the word, we hear about these great people of faith. Some we hear quite a bit about, and some we only get a few sentences. We don't hear much about this guy named Abel, apart from the fact that he brought the firstborn of his flock as an offering to God. Hebrews tells us that because he brought his offering to God in faith, it was more acceptable than his brother Cain's. His faith was credited to him as righteousness. Abel gave his firstborn, his first fruits. In faith, we give our first fruits to God. Satan throws his arrows at you, telling you to only live for yourself, to live selfishly, pleasing your own selfish, sinful desires. Faith leads us to live our lives 
not for ourselves alone, but to live for God, to worship him, to thank him for all that he has given us. And we thank him with our offerings of thanksgiving to him. We give our treasures to him because he has given us plenty more than we need. And we serve him with our time and our talents because he has served us, most clearly seen in Jesus' death and resurrection. Next is Enoch. And, and if we hear very little about Abel, we hear about the same for Enoch. What we know about Enoch is that he pleased God because he walked with God in faith. Because you cannot please God unless you have faith. He is one of the very few people who have ever left this earth without dying. Because he walked with God and then he did not. Then he was no more. Because God took him to be with him. Enoch walked with God daily, living by faith. In faith, we don't just live for God on Sunday mornings. Or when it's convenient for us. Satan will throw his arrows to tell you that you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And then you can ask God for forgiveness later. Satan wants you to believe that it doesn't matter how you live your life. Because if God is truly loving and gracious, he won't condemn anyone to hell. And everyone will go to heaven eventually. And so it doesn't matter what you do in this life. In faith, we know that we sin and we know the consequences of our sin. But in faith, we don't sin knowing that God will forgive us. In faith, we try to lead a God-pleasing life. And when we stumble and fall, we ask for forgiveness and we try to change our sinful ways, not to continue to do them. And again, the Holy Spirit's working in us. Then we get to Noah, who built an ark in faith, even though there was no rain in the sky, who was saved because he believed in God. And Noah cared more about disobeying God than he did about being rejected by the people. Because imagine what everyone must have thought or said to Noah as he's building this massive ship, ship with no rain in the sky. Noah didn't listen to anyone else except God. Satan will throw his arrows to you to listen to all other people apart from God. Everyone who doesn't believe in God has a message that they want you to hear. And every one of those messages will lead you farther and farther away from God. The world and everyone in it that doesn't believe wants you to live according to the world that doesn't believe. Faith leads you to live according to God's word and to listen to his voice above all others. Then there's Abraham, who was called to go to a land he had never seen, a land that God was going to give him. And it would not be an easy journey. It would take many years to get there. Same with the promise that God had given him, that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the grains of the sand on the seashore. It would take many years for that promise to come to fulfillment. And even Abraham listened to other voices than God because he had a child with someone who was not his wife, Sarah, to create an heir. But that was not the promised heir that God had promised. 
Satan er Satan's arrows try to come at you and tell you to take your own life in your own hands. And if God's timing isn't your timing, then you will do whatever you can to make it so. Usually when that happens, God will say no. Sin wants control. And sin causes us to make mistakes. And even though Abraham believed God, he was not perfect. Faith leads us back to God in repentance when we mess up, to receive God's forgiveness and to wait on God's timing. Faith gives us the patience to wait no matter how long it takes. And with Abraham is his wife, Sarah, who laughed at the news that she would have a child in her old age. Yet even though she laughed, she believed that God could do it. God can do the impossible. And faith believes that God can. Satan throws arrows to make you think that God can't do the impossible. That God cannot work miracles in your life. That God cannot protect you. That God allows all of these bad things to happen to you because God doesn't really care about you, doesn't really care about your life. That he is not present in all of your circumstances, in all of your needs, in any area of your life. That he is not with you in all of the things that you go through. Faith clings to God and his word and his promises that he is always with you. Faith clings to God and his word and his sacraments. Faith trusts in the waters of baptism. Baptismal waters. If you think about it, it's a good reminder that waters can extinguish the flaming arrows of Satan. Our baptism helps us be protected from Satan and all of his flaming arrows. And that water can put out the flames. Because we are clothed with Christ in our baptism. And his armor protects us. Faith trusts in the true body and blood of Jesus being present in the bread and the wine given for us in his supper for the forgiveness of our sins, for our eternal life, and for the strengthening of our faith. And faith leads us to teach others, parents to teach their children, to teach their children the faith. And thus God's armor protects not only us, but the little ones as well. Protection against all that would lead us away from Christ. So that all the generations that come after us would know and believe in Jesus Christ and his great love for us shown most clearly in his death and resurrection. Faith, which is a gift from God, leads to eternal life. Faith is a gift freely given by the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith is not our work, but it is God's. Faith saves us. Faith saves me. Faith saves you. Thanks be to God for that faith. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.